What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Bandwagon Podcast. And today, um, I, I don't know how to kind of describe him. I say this quite a lot, really. He's multi-talented, uh, a musician, a singer, a pongra dancer, a pongra performer. And now, venturing on it, I feel like he's going into one, one direction, but he's, he's giving me dirty looks at this point, so I'm not going to believe him. But Mr. Stephen Sohota. How you doing, guys? Uh, how you doing, Rick? Pleasure to be on the, the bandwagon. Oh, um, thank you very much. I'm a big follower of the show, so it's good. Nice yeah, pro- you're probably one of the only ones, so that's that's fine. Oh, look, one fan's better than no fan, right? <laughs> that's because I keep uh, keep sending you via WhatsApp, and it, which is like... This is what you, but this is the power of social media, man. Got it. Directing traffic. It's all about your own hustle. This is it. This is it. I, mate, I do the same, so it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Firstly... Um, I want to commend you on your lovely hair. Thank you. So, like, at the moment, it's in between King Jamal. There's Jazzy. There's a bit of Macho Man in there. Like, I mean... Who's the inspiration? What a mix of Bundy to have. Sadala Gill. The list gets better and better. So what? How, how come? How come the hair, man? Just talk to me about that. No, nah, the hair. You know what? It just, it mate. It was just lockdown. It happened, and it just grew. And then I thought, well, let's not fight it and just see what happens and let it grow. And and here I am, still letting it grow. It actually looks good on you now. I at first when I was having, uh, let's get this clear. Me and Steven have known each other for a very long time, so I'm not being rude. It's just the way that we talk to each other. So, it's this is uh, quickly how um, it's normally this me telling you off for some reason or something like along those lines that we talk. There's a lecture involved somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. So, um, how's life been treating you at the moment then? Life's been good, man. Life's good. Uh, life's busy, I think. But I think everyone can say life's busy. And and, and this is it, man. Just um, 
wrapping up what is kind of you know been a big year uh and this is it just kind of you know ready to rock and roll for 22 now where, where do you see yourself uh at home so like like i said like in terms of your experience within the music scene is is uh, you can honestly say it's it's lifelong um your your socials clearly demonstrate of how big um music plays in your life uh, where where are you now in terms of that in, in that settle settle position yeah it's a really good question i don't think you're you're ever like settled because the, the type of problem is if you if you settle then you're not moving forward right so it's a case of you've always got to move forward and like my whole life and yeah you're right uh you know music has been you know a, a massive part of the the biggest part of my kind of my life and so it was always a case of moving forward doing more doing more doing more and you don't realize it because you're you really love what you do but you know it, it is a progression and, and that's it so I'm not not like I'm not settled I'm not you know it's a different kind of now career path I've taken in terms of you know be becoming a, and transitioning into a singer but it's all about improving it's all about getting bigger and better and, and moving forward and, and not settling really. Do you, do you get to a point where you think like this is definitely the right thing for you or do you sometimes have your doubts and say look um I can go into a bit more safer ter- territory uh, in terms of what you were doing yeah I mean look mate it would have been you know uh, I could have just carried on being a musician and I, I love like you know being a musician is probably my first love to be honest and you know I, I you know I was doing touchwood I was doing well and you know and I got to play with some of the, the biggest and the, the best artists the kind of the Bangladesh industry's ever seen. Um, but you know, that the singing, it just, it, it happened. It, you know, it wasn't planned. It was a transition. And, and now, you know, I'm getting to a stage where, you know, like, you know, after the kind of off the back of releasing singles, I, I enjoy it. You know, it's, it's a lot harder work because you, you have to hustle for yourself and you're doing it for yourself. But, you know, at the end of the day, any rewards that you might reap, they're, they're yours. And, you know, it's all about, a measure of the hard work that you've put in so yeah I, I you know I still feel I'm on the right road and and the biggest thing is I enjoy what I do and, and that's what you know music and, and kind of any art form should be. Have you noticed any in changes in relationships that you had with people or um, you know when you've got to do some of your, your own hustling um, you know to try and promote yourself because like even even like doing a podcast like this you know, you you realize those people who are kind of um, silently clapping or not really trying to push push your stuff forward or helping or not even commenting or any not not yeah. that for for me that's a big thing. You know, it's not a big thing, but for you, like this has got the potential to be a routine, like as a, a full career. Have Have you noticed with that? Have you ever not? Have you noticed that change? And and, and how do you deal with that? Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed a bit of it. I'm not going to lie, like that, that, you know, I've noticed that change even far back from when I was a musician. And someone once said to me a long time ago, they're like, people only like you until your competition. Uh, And like, you know what? The words do ring true. And like, don't get me wrong. You've got your people with you, like your team behind you, friends, family, the real people that you know Hmm. uh, have been there from day one and day dot. And people that just generally, you know, they just want you to succeed and they're really happy with you. But you know, yeah, like the, you know, but you've got to know who the real ones are and who the fake ones are. And fake ones, but like you just keep my arms length and yeah, the, you know, there is a slight change and but it is what it is. They're probably the, the funniest thing is they probably stream you more because they, they, well, they listen to they, they'll, they'll listen to what you're doing first. That works. That works, man. Look, man, if you if you ain't got haters or if you ain't got people that 
you know, and not really pushing you as, as much as they could. Or, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. That means mm. you're doing something right. Mm. You know what I mean? And so that's 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 fine. That works with me, man. I, that really bothered. So you come from a bit of a musical family, I would say, from inspiration as your dad. Can you just tell us a little bit about his journey and the impact that he had on on, on you as, uh, as, a, as, a, as a young Stephen? Yeah, you know, like my dad, uh, you know, had a, an interest in kind of music and like, like doll and dolky and stuff. And so, you know, my Thaya was a singer um, back in the day and we all lived in one house and my Thaya sang for a band called A Star the Group. They had a band back then, back in the 70s, I suppose it was. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, Shonky, his name was um, SS Shonky. Uh, and they were, you know, a good band and at the time though, but there was no money in it. There was no nothing. People, you know, that as the old school singers will, will always tell you, they, they pretty much perform for free. Uh, but then by the time I was born, he'd stopped all of that. And, you know, you know, it just wasn't providing an income for his kids and so on and so forth. And, you know, but my dad always had an interest in, in playing kind of tall and dorky. And growing up, that was all I kind of, you know, knew from being a toddler. It was all about banging on pots and pans. And, you know, and it, it was always, you know, I just had an interest for, for drums and percussion and stuff. And so having kind of picking up a little bit from my dad and he then noticed that, you know, that there's something in this kid in terms of he's got an interest and he's got a pure passion for it. That's when it kind of led on. And my dad learned from uh, Shindabadi, so Staji Sikshinda Shindabadi, he learned from him. Uh, so I remember going to a few door lessons at, uh, I think it was Hollyhead School. Um, you know, See, and then... That is gold, that's because, like, gold. back back in the day, if you could... I remember we used to have... On my road, where I used to live in Hansworth, there used to be about, no shit, there was about... It's hard, man. There was eight door players on our road. Majority went to like door blasters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And were, like, I went door blasters. Um, and one of the lads, he used to play Suki. Um, used to play for. No, no, Suki used to play for Natural Sounds. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Because there was a Suki that played for Natural Sounds. Yeah, well. yeah. And uh, he had a, a dugger that was. Cut, like given to him by Sukhshindashinda. So like that was like the holy grail that we see. We used to see it, we used to have it, it used to it had it in a door case. So we just want to just hold it because it wanna was play like, it hold Yeah, it. yeah. Well, I couldn't play it. You wouldn't you wouldn't because it was it was a weird, it wasn't like the normal kind of like uh up and then across. It was it was curved. Yeah. And uh the way and then like Suki would play only Suki was allowed to play at that time. Heavy. And uh for, to to even like see Shindar because that's all you like as kids you're hearing grassroots especially you know do, learning all the roles and everything up there it's just like this kid yeah. is the best. Like you've li- you, you kind of you've lived that same journey like you know growing up like if you imagine what Shindar Shindar is now and you think wow my dad used to learn all from him I went to lessons you know and, and I went to a couple of lessons and stuff. Uh, you know, you look back and you think that's, you know, that's that's pretty special. Like, you know, he's one of my all time idols, inspirations, purely because of the fact of, you know, what, what he was as a musician and, and, you know, and then a music producer and a singer and the amount of, you know, uh, stuff we've practiced to on his tapes and cassettes and CDs and, you know, still practice to this day, whether it's a budja piece or there's a doll roll or something on the doll key, you know, he, the, the guy is just. I, I actually got mad. uh He's one of the few people I ever got starstruck, like genuinely starstruck. Yeah. I used to, uh, he used to go to uh, Bibinanki Gordala and um, on Rukri Road in Hansen. Yeah, yeah. I used to see, and um, 
my bad ball wasn't well, so we used to take him kind of like the back way where there was no stairs. Yeah. And uh, but when you finish it longer, you can either go through the front way, but oh, proper hands, hands, uh, hands of you used to go through the back way straight up to Alfred. And I used to see him coming out. And one time I saw him there and I was like, Yeah. And uh, like, uh, he just said, Oh, hi, you, you okay? And I just, I just shook his hand. And I was, my dad was looking at me like, <laughs> what's what's going on? Yeah, 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 what's going on with you? And then, uh, he yeah, was, I mean, he's related. Then he used to use Jinder Pandal to play the Tumbi and a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He's yeah. Like Pendu. Yes, yes. And yes. so um, he came down. Well, the record, Jinder's a bad man. That guy yeah. was. Yeah, proper, proper. And then, um, and then recently I managed because uh, Jay, who looks after a lot of his stuff, he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah. On the Punjabi cycle club. So I went, I went and and I, and I saw him he is, very briefly, and I was, I was just, yeah, I was like, uh, it's you just you get. You just want to talk about Shinda, innit? Yeah, you want to talk about Shinda, but not to him, innit? Yeah, not yeah, to him. Like, I'm, I'm the same in terms of that, you know, look, I'm quite an outgoing person and stuff. So there's very few people I get starstruck by. Shinda Buddy is definitely one of them, right? Uh, like, Jazzy, the other one. Yeah, be. you know, and, and Jazzy would be, again, you know, one of my idols, right? And he's another one, right? But like, Jazzy B, because he has a bit of a laugh and a joke, he'll he'll start laughing and joking with you. And Shindabadi's a bit more like, a little bit more reserved until he knows you, and then he's then he's really cool. And the fact that these guys just you know from the fact that they even knew like my name or they know my name, that was like wow, these guys know like my name, like you know, and that was that was amazing, like you know, so having performed on stage with them and sat with them and you know. Eat, ate with them and whatever, drank with them, and you know, it you, you that's living the dream, you know, more than mm. being in the limelight and being a singer, like sitting with your idols. And I have so many questions for them, but like, yeah, I, I just haven't asked them because you're, you're not in that. Yeah, but then you, turn, then you turn into like the fanboy, yeah, yeah, because that's that I think that's been the hardest bit where you, you want to be like not nosy, but generally kind of curious to say. Yeah. You know, but this, and so like sometimes when I see some of your uh, your Insta posts and you you're with this band or that one, I'm like, oh shit, this geezer, not like he's he's in there, man. He knows, he knows. Like you've got you've got an opportunity to get those questions out or, and learn and see it full through. Because I don't, I think you're one of the only ones who kind of you frequent quite a lot of places and you're able to speak to to a lot of artists. Yeah, I mean that, that that's the beauty with the being in the music industry even like you know as a, as a musician uh you know I've, I've learned so much but you you learn so much by playing with all these different people and that's the beauty of you you're lucky to be on stage with these people and, and you like you want to ask them so many questions like music people and music questions but you don't want to come across as an annoying like fan right and overwhelm someone and yet You've just got so much like the fan inside you wants to come out, right? And like, have you, you ever know, taken the risk and said, "I'm gonna ask him"? I'm gonna ask him. Uh, yeah, every now and again, every now and again, and like every, you know, the, the the majority of everyone's they're all brilliant. Shindabadi's brilliant, right? Like you know, if I asked him a question because he's a proper music nerd as well, like uh, you know, I think he just needs someone to ask him something about music, and then he'll just mm. unload all his information, right? And he's one of those people, but like. Yeah, but it's got to be in the also in the right time and environment, and you know you got you got to manage it right. But yeah, yeah everyone you, pretty much everyone's wicked. Yeah, because you want to get booked again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the, you don't want him to say, "Oh no, no, like, I'm not getting it. 
you know, like I can have a chat with him on, on a level and he's, you know, and these are the people that like I've looked up to because they were, you know, they're solid, solid musicians and, and producers. And, you know, that was kind of, you know, that was the, the, the dream basically. So yeah, they're all, they're all wicked. Can't, can't compliment them enough. So the, your dad learned from, from Shinda and then like, obviously then, was, did you start having an interest straight away? And because there's, there's a young picture of you with like Monarch and you were with, how old were you when you with the uh, um, with door blasters? Yeah, so like my interest, like this is before I even remember. So this is just what my parents tell me. Like my interest was literally from a toddler banging on pots and pans and so on and so forth. So my dad was one of them. He'd never really learnt from anyone, you know, about stool keep it learning or door or whatever and stuff. And then he started learning from Shindabadi when I was probably about three or four years old. Uh, I remember going to a couple of lessons, and I think Shindabadi stopped teaching around the time. Um, but then that's where kind of my foray into kind of, you know, learning doll came because then I went to uh, my Astagi, the King, Gurchad Mal, um, you know, at the age of, yeah, three, three or four. And he was a bit, even he was a bit shocked, like, you know, normally that's too young uh, for a kid to start learning because of concentration levels and so on and so forth. But yeah, man, since then, like, it's just, you know, that's the, the journey kind of, you know, started and I was kind of, you know, blessed to be under his guidance. And that was one of the key things around that side because he was uh, when door blasters when I was there at that time I can't even remember what year probably like 98, 99 or something. Yeah, yeah. I um, he had like so many students from different age well, ranges, and and the way you know uh, boys, girls, everybody you know to do that, and you know managing such a big team at that time, and like a lot of people have gone through that like. Oh, yeah. Money Spinner Boys, Banga, oh, everyone. There's been some solid musicians, producers, artists that have that have learned from from Uncle or you know, and come out the other end. And you know, that's testament to him in terms of you know, like the way he taught us, the structure of everything, and it it gave us a very good foundation uh, to build on. Basically, do you know what I mean? And so those who wanted to build on it did, and they, you know, they, they're carrying on. And and those, you know, if it wasn't for them, it wasn't for them. But yeah, uh, there's some. If you look back at some of the students, there's some very, very talented guys. Yeah, I, um, I actually remember one of my lessons where next to me was like Amrit Saab. And yeah, that was, I remember. That was that was, Mer, was Mervin Road. Yeah, so we we probably you know what we were in the same lessons. I, I then we must have been because I. I got quite lucky. In, in, I was a kid though, so you yeah, yeah. no, because you were with like like Gurge Gill was there, and um, I used to see him and his dad Sadara Gill. Like they used to get dropped that he used to drive down my road because on the way to to Mervyn Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say safe to him because I used to be coming back from a lesson holding my doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what happened was. There was two classes. There used to be six till seven and seven till eight or something like that. Yeah, I used to be that. I used to be six till seven, okay. and I think the advanced the advanced ones yeah, were just was one, after. Yeah, yeah. So I used to see some of them, but when I was learning, I we knew um, Aparapajan. Yeah, who doesn't know Aparapajan? Yeah, uh, at that point. So he at that time, and so I was having my classes, and he saw me playing the doll at. at um, it was like a millennium show. It wasn't a millennium. It was another party. And uh, he needed a dolly. So he asked my dad. And uh, my dad goes, yeah, well, ask ask him. So I just said, out of respect, like for elder, and I was like, yeah, yeah, he would do it. But it took, 
it took me out of um, out of door classes because then I learned what I learned one thing. I learned how to play the main beats, and then I realized very quickly as when you're playing along with the DJ, none of that means anything because you've got to learn a different pace. You need to learn clarity and all these kind of things. And I, then I was like, I I I didn't go back to classes because I just the goal was to go with the DJ and get paid. And that and that's what and that's what happened. But I still, uh, Gachan used to leave uh, where where I used to live, the Sandal Road was at the top. So I used to see him quite often anyway. And, yeah. when, um, and then especially when uh, DJing shows like Bajan was everywhere. So you would have... He was everywhere, you'd, yeah. yeah. you'd see Apas, Geet, you'd see, you'd see Gachan doing shows and stuff like that, charity events. So we'd see, we used to always have... Like, I have a, and like, he doesn't live too far from me now and I, I have a great relationship, a good good joking uh, relationship with him. So... Um, yeah, yeah, you know. He, and he, he has... And he... And, I think the impact in terms of what he's done culturally for for the tall and the 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 actual um, significance of how he's highlighted the instrument's been amazing. Yeah, I think what you got to what you got to remember with him is that he he's put tall on the map. Right now, don't get me wrong. You know, there's some amazing, amazing astards of tall. Right in India, you know, for example, you got Latin Putti in California, right? And you've got the originals, Harbansalal, Gakkus, Jandas. These guys are godfathers at all, right? But what Gachan Uncle did, he 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 put all on the map, right? If you think of a tall player, you think of him, right? And his whole life is dedicated to like tall, you know, Pangara, Gidda, like folk kind of. That local notch, local, you know, you look in there, local instruments and local, like local music, folk music. And, you know, he's done that in the UK, right? And he's worldwide for what he's done and, you know, supporting musicians and, you know, kind of, you know, you can't ever take that away from him because of, you know, that his contribution to the UK Bhangra industry is, is second to none. And then, so, you know, you, you became. How soon from when you were learning from like uh, having your classes where you did was your first gig to become not in Sansara totally? Yeah, so what, what happened was like just going to lessons wasn't was a, just amazing enough as it was, you know. I got to right, don't forget, like you know, like rewind back a little bit. Uh, you know, I grew up on old school concerts and, and, and so on and so forth. So from a very young age, I was seeing Gachan and Kalantol. And he's one of those people, you don't forget him when you see him. He's the ultimate showman. He played for Apna Sangeet, who at the time were, you know, and still are one of the biggest bands of, of all time, basically. Right. And so I used to watch him on video. I was starstruck by this geezer, starstruck. Right. And so then going to learn from him, I like, I didn't know what to do. I used to like, you know, back in the day when weddings used to happen and like kids used to be running around and playing, I used to just stand on the dance floor and watch the band. Mm. And if it was Gajan, I used to just stand there and watch him with my mouth open, like proper fanboy, right? <laughs> uh, and so kind of going back to then getting the opportunity to learn from him, that was enough for me. And then performing for Door Blasters, you know, I was, I was lucky to be one of the the early members of Door Blasters. And then, you know, then coming into contact with Nachdas and Saar, you know, who I thought were, were absolutely amazing. Then, yeah, I, you know, I wanted to play for Natural Sard and then kind of, it didn't happen for, for a long time because I played door, for Door Blasters for a long time and performed. And then due to kind of education commitments and stuff, my dad then made me have a little bit of a break on Dole and I kind of then went to kind of... Why did, he, why did he want you to have a break? He just, 
he saw the he saw what was inside. I've got a feeling that he saw what was inside. Basically, he knew that this was going to take over my life, and it was taking over my life. In terms of you know, I still studied at school. Don't get me wrong. You know, I passed my eleven plus. I went to grammar school, right? Um, you know, with your with your younger brother. Um, you know, so uh, we went to grammar school. But so once I got to grammar school, my dad was like, "Look, I want you to concentrate on your education. You need to have an education." You know, obviously typical. Indian parents thinking they just want the kind of best for their children. I don't, I don't, I don't think it, I agree with you on the Indian parents stuff and that, but I also think like you know the 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 structures of what the DJs are now started around that time when we were younger because you you started having bigger road shows, bigger collectives, door groups, and all these things happening. And I saw many many dollies that who got into that wedding scene scenario, young lads started drinking wedding all around them yeah. and, they, and they fell off so uh, you know i always kind oh, of uh, i always kind of i, I understand exactly just to give significance to some people out there at that time there was a there was a dolly on every like i said everywhere and people were growing up it was quick money e- not easy money because it was long hours weekends and yeah. all these kind of things but those there was a lot of easy distraction yeah and i think because because i was so young for a certain amount of time, I'd been kept away from that because I was so young. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, like, my, my performances were just squarely with door blasters, right? And I think that's, a you know, it was a blessing in disguise. Don't get me wrong. As a kid and, like, you see door players going to play for DJs, you think they're so cool and whatever. But, you know, because I was so young, I was never kind of, you know, in that in that circle. And there was a lot of DJs because, I you know, because I was a bit I was a bit novel because I was so young. Uh, and playing doll and stuff, and a lot of DJs wanted to take me, uh, but my, you know, my, my dad was like, "Look, no, uh, whatever." And, and you know, sometimes DJs have a certain, like you say, that you know, you get into, you can get into bad circles and so on and so forth. But uh, you know, it's a blessing in disguise because the, the the shows I did with with door blasters at that time, if I think back now and I think, wow, I've, I've done this, 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 right, playing, you know some of the biggest concerts with the biggest singers, you know, like G7. Oh, was it G7? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. G7, right. But we did, we did like arts festivals, right? Birmingham Arts Fest we used to do every year. And, and like, they're not, they're not Punjabi festivals. These are mainstream music festivals or like international tattoo festivals, things like that. And then, you know, that the, the performances, you know, very memorable ones was there was one concert that in NEC and, uh, Wembley Arena, all the singers from India you could think of were there. Kaldeep Marnik, Sarindar Shinda, Munmohan Oris, Hans Raj Hans, Sarji Chima, Bindrakia, Dave, all. Imagine that, imagine that for a lineup now. Mm. Right? And I was about, like, used to be like six or seven doing, opening those kind of shows and chilling backstage and chilling with these singers. And like, I've got pictures now and I go back and think, like, that's gold, man. That's like, this gold like, of what I've got, you know what I mean? And I remember interacting with them and so on and so forth. It's, you know, I did some crazy, crazy performances with Door Blasters and, and you know, uh, uh, as a young Dolly and as a young musician, you don't quite grasp it at that time, what you're actually doing. But now as you're older and you look back and think, okay, but well, I actually did that. You so know, the BBC Mega Millars, all of that kind yeah. of stuff, man. It was, it was an amazing experience. Those were big, man. People don't... Big, the, huge. Mega Millars, yeah. That that was when, like, you know, the the Asian network was booking out like three days at the NEC. Three days, and we used to be there pretty much three days. You know, I remember meeting the like, you know, people like 
you know, Anil Kapoor, Shah Rukh Khan, right? Like, and you never used to think anything of it. But now you think, okay, well, fair play. They, you know, they're, they're, they're big deals at the end of the day. So, yeah, man, done some crazy shows. And I think that all built, you know, all kind of put part of the experience of being a stage performer and stuff. And it's all what? early kind of building. So in terms of like some of the roles and things like that, where I'm getting a little bit more technical, was it necessarily kind of taught in, in, in door blasters and stuff? No. How, how did you, how did you sort of continue your own professional development, so to speak, and learning some of the more trickier things and then bringing that into a new style when you're playing alongside, when you're playing for a Pangara team? Dude, it's, you know, the more you put into something, the more you're going to get out. Right? And the, the, the biggest thing I can say is like when we were at, you know, learning doll, you know, that what we were taught, we were taught a very classical and technical style in terms of, you know, people think of doll now, they think, oh yeah, you only need to play one or two beats. But we learned so much, so many different beats because Gajan Uncle had been from that Bhangra kind of background. We learned all those Bhangra beats and, you know, and the, the, so the, the foundation and the platform we had to build on, the biggest thing he gave us was that foundation understanding of you know it, you know and at that time for us it was a basic understanding of rhythm but you know it's just your passion there used there used to be that thing wasn't it it was like uh, door blasters at that time uh it was more about stamina clarity and pure and uh, the rock and roll doors were like door foundation, door foundation. It was just yeah which really? is just like to the kids and, and everything yeah. and and I, I always felt everybody always used to look at each other, you know, that way of saying. I'll tell you something. Uh, this is at an age where there was no social media, no nothing. Yeah. There was an unspoken rivalry, competition, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, and I, I don't know if I should say this, but yeah, it started from the top <laughs> and it worked its way down. So we were all like, you know, someone used to come back and say, oh, now nah, we've seen this next door group, right? Nah, nah, they did this, but nah, nah, you know, ours is better. Like, but it was healthy, you know what they, I mean? They used to, they used to trade at uh, Samson's. So yes. uh, I, I remember a couple of times where Skander used to, like, he used to be with door blasters with like, yeah. door furniture, and he, and he had one of their sheets. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I remember. And it got thin, you know, how they used to, uh, and it used to be like, how you used to hold the thinly used to be this way. And we were like, and then secretly, everyone's like, nah, man, what the, what, what's that? And then at home, you'd like, you try it. And you're like, you used to go and try it. Yeah, it feels, that feels a bit comfortable. And like, we, it was a it was like serious, like, you know, people nowadays won't get it, but door blasters, we weren't allowed to have black door skins. Because <laughs> yes. it was a, it was a yes. door foundation thing, right? And I, you know, big up, respect to all the door foundation lads. Like, you know, I know I'm Johnny Kelsey, you know, I, I love him and stuff. I, like. I, I, um, it was a thing. You, you couldn't have a black skin. People looked at you. Just before we got, just before we carried on, um, I did a, I did a gig with Budgie once, and Johnny Kelsey was there, and I absolutely fucking shit myself because I was a, <laughs> I was a totally on my own, and he had there, and there's like four or five of them, and it was at that time where like I was, I was in a swim where I, I only knew my my only beat today, yeah. and then he, he, he they, he did the walk in, and then I'm playing along. And I got to a bit where you know we're like sometimes where you got the roles and you don't know the roles you just do it. where you play silently to just just to, to go with it and then one yeah. of the guys was like going fuck you know you know you're sick man like <laughs> and I was like trying to cover it down yeah. and one of my first podcasts that I did Johnny Kelsey liked it and I was like this geezer this geezer was 
he was rock. He was like the rock and roll, rock and roll side of it. Right? And they were they, their style was so different. And they used to have the flat doors, um, flat yeah, straight barrel doors, and they were allowed to them. crazy funky, and they had their own style. And you know, fair play, you know, it's a it's a great style and stuff. You know, we were a different style, and it's a style that you know I preferred a bit more. Like following on from that, this is not even too long ago. This is what maybe six or seven years ago, right? And like kind of. I'd met Johnny Kelsey a couple of times and he knew that I was a good John Uncle student and stuff, but that was it. It was just a high buy and that's yeah, it. Yeah. Right. And maybe a bit longer, I got maybe a bit longer than six, seven years. So we had a show, like obviously, you know, but we'll move on to Nachos and Saad later, but you know, I had a show with Nachos and Saad and um, it was like, oh yeah, this is, you know, the, you know, Door Foundation are going to be there. Oh, okay, wicked. Yeah, good, good, good. Johnny Kelsey's going to be like, okay. And then I'm thinking right now, it took me back to the 90s. I thought, Steve, you better, you better fix up. I was the only one at all, right? I thought, Stephen, you better fix up today, right? You you need to, you know, you need to go there and, you know, not prove a point, but just go there and you're representing door blasters and, yeah, it, and yeah. you know, and, you know, I knew a lot of the door players there and stuff. And so they're like, look, man, and, and it's always a thing when you're on stage, and you've got door players watching, you want to play to the best of your ability, like mm-hmm. even more than normal, you want to give it a little bit, right? Just, <laughs> you know, just personal pride, basically. So I went there and, you know, they've done this massive walk-in. There's about 30 odd door players, man, 30 door players done this walking and they stopped and they're, they're all they're all kind of standing there and it was a bit of a weird setting and then Nachos and Saad came on and then it was just me on my own so okay yeah done what I had to do and you know like you know it was okay and then you know Johnny Carl oh, Johnny Carlsey was what like watching me but not like in a bad way he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. you know it's, he loving, was, it's, it's like you know, lovely guy, yeah, right? Yeah. I love that guy to bits. You know, but they were just watching, and you know, like you know, they were interested. And after he come up, and he goes, "Yeah, wicked, whatever, great, great, great." And I was like, "Yeah, thank you, you know, buddy, and, and whatever." And uh, then I met him at a couple of parties. I was like, "I was like, do you know this used to happen in the nineties?" Right? He started chuckling. He didn't admit it, but he chuckled because he knows exactly what the sketch was, right? And um, you know, but the, the love and respect is always there. You know, Johnny Kelsey. You know, uh, he's a Top geezer. I, I I remember it was it was that the rivalry was there that to the point of when DCS did the track with TD with TDF and I I fought it. I to this day there's still part of me was like, nah, I don't like it. But it was it was it was you know for what it was done, it was it it was great. And I and I, I think, think whenever I've played with DCS. You look forward to doing that, Is song. that song. Yeah. As a door player, you think, right, right. You look forward to playing it exactly how it was on the cassette. And you yeah. think, nah, you know what? I used to play, you know, I used to practice it. Because you know what? You yeah, we did. You did that to everyone else yeah. does, right? And fair play. It was a you know iconic song. So now it's a great thing when I'm on stage, right? And you know what? When I used to play, you know, with DCS and stuff, and you know, I used to that's the song you look forward to doing as a door player. Because that's what it's all about, right? And yeah, yeah the, the TDF, the, you know, love them, top boys. Because like at the time when you play with DJ, there were certain songs that you like, you knew that this is your where you could get arrested a song in it where it was just a simple beat. Uh-huh. You, all right, yard ball that was a little bit, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, that one. And then you had when you're at home when you're practicing, like if you wanted to kill yourself, then you play like you try. I'm not before any, I can't, I'm not even on that level, but you had like Jugni on grassroots and all this kind of, you, yeah. know, you just to hear that this is the, this is the, this is you, the level to get on. I'll tell you a story about Jugni that you mentioned it. Obviously, like if you're a, for example, if you're a music fan, for Pangano music fan, Jugni is iconic, grassroots, but iconic. BMC. 
Punjabi MP is one of the greatest Punjabi music producers we will ever see. The guy is on another level. And at that time, when you put Shindabani's percussion into the mix with Punjabi, it's crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you think about that kind of yeah. stuff, it's crazy. So it was one of the songs I used to practice, practice and practice. Not because I was going to perform it anyway. It's just the Dole intro was legendary. Mm. I still know it to this day, beat for beat, because I've done it so long. Did a gig. Right, and this is when I started playing with DJs a little bit later. Uh, I did a gig, uh, it was at Oxford University, and it was some sort of, you know, some sort of Diwali gig. And they had Shindabadi there doing a, a PA, and they had Punjabi MC. So played with Shindabadi. It was the first time I played on stage with Shindabadi. Obviously, I was shit myself and whatever. And, you know, I went to see him after, and I said, look, you know, buddy, I was like, my dad used to learn from you and whatever. And he goes, ha-ha, you know, very good and stuff. But then Punjabi MC came on. He dropped Jugani, and I thought, this is your time to shine now. And I played it note for note. Thank the Lord. Played it note for note. Right. And then Punjabi MC, like, Touchwood, like, you know, he was quite impressed and stuff. Got off and started speaking to him. He goes, yo, the first thing he asked me, there was a, there was a little bit in the point where something went off, but I carried on playing and, like, he came back in and whatever. Came off stage and he said to me, he goes, you're a Gmail student, aren't you? I goes, you are. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, he goes, Gmail students. He goes, only you guys could have done that. And I was like, wow. That's just testament to, you know, Gutan Uncle and stuff, right? Uh, you know, and like, he'd never seen me all really like, you know, not the first time I'd pretty much met him. And he goes, but, I, but I think even in like going a little bit back to like door blasters in that sense, I mean, hopefully people are listening to try to understand, can probably pick up the passion in terms of what we're talking about and yeah, yeah. understand. It's going to be lost on a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. We're getting a bit too deep, right? No, no, but the, no, but there was a bit, there's a bit, you know, you had other people, strong leaders in there and you had like Dav and uh, Banga and, and uh, Dings. Um, you had a core of some very... Raj, uh, no, Dav. And then you had... Oh, solid some, Skinny Dav, right, who plays with B21 now. Phenomenal. Then you got the Bonnie Spinner Boys, Dings, Dav, Bango, who obviously everyone knows now. Phenomenal door players, phenomenal musicians, right? And then you had the likes of Gurge Gill, you had Pritpal Channa, you had Sonny Jahal, right? Even some of the Cloud Nine boys, so Dipsy from Cloud Nine used to play, right? You had a guy called Suki Dolly, who I alluded on earlier from Nach de Haste, right? He used to play, uh, and these guys were like solid, solid door players man and so it was a very good group of door players to be in because you had that very good in a team everyone wanted to be as good as they possibly could so when you're with people at a certain level you need to make sure that you're at that level right so it makes it made everyone work harder mm-hmm. made everyone practice harder and so you know it, it was it was an awesome kind of team to be a part of so you know um Obviously, the, the 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 door conversation come on for bloody years. Um, yeah, but in ter- it, yeah, in terms of some of the other instruments, were you learning that alongside it, or was that something that later on that you felt that you needed to do to kind of move you more advanced than some of those other peers that you just mentioned? Yeah, it was. It was just a love as a kid. It was just a love for music, especially drums and percussion. So it was anything that I could get a sound out of. I used to have a go on, especially like you know, doll, dolki. Right, we used to have all the instruments at home. I used to learn drums at school, right? I had because we had a drum kit at home, so I used to mess around at home. And then 
when I went to school, I learned drums. So it was, a lot of it all started out from percussion, you know, tabla, tolki, like, but tol was main, drums, you know, and so now I can, I love playing different percussion instruments because, you know, just, I, I grew up on loving percussion and then kind of tumbi and stuff started to come in from the age of about 12, 13, 14, maybe. Uh, you know, and it was just something else that I then wanted to pick up. And, you know, at the, at the time, yeah, dual blasters, I was a bit younger, so the, the other guys were a bit older. And so they'd started picking up different instruments and, you know, and, and I'd already kind of been picking up instruments. But yeah, the thumbi and kind of more of the, the melodic side of instruments came. Yeah, because like, I was just I was just going to say that. And then someone who I want to mention, and I'll, and I'll get to why I was thinking that, is where, like, uh, you know, to be the, 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 way, the way that you play, you know, you got a lot of power, a lot of strength in terms of how you're hitting the tool, the tool and that to get them to play something more delicate, like a, uh, you know, like a thumbi or you play um, flute or whatever it may be. It, it brings another side to you, but like, so, so like Machine Gun Billy, you know, from play, <laughs> play exactly. you know, play with a four by four and a jazzy B and you watch him play the, and you know, this geezer is breaking something today. Dangerous. Yeah, you know, unbelievable. I, he's one of them, Bundy. You get, I get tired watching him. Yeah, I, he, and he's, you know, he's unbelievable, unbelievable. He's a machine gun for a reason. Yeah. So, like, in terms of how then do you kind of balance that finesse? Because you're you're used to your fingers, your hands are under there. I remember seeing some door players. I think it could have been Gubzi. I, I spoke to once. And I think whether he had to have surgery because all of his arm, it, it, the, the nerves in, in his arms are like all seasoned yeah, up and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, technically, how we were taught with, you know, Gachan and were technically very sound how we were taught in terms of, you know, like I'm not here to kind of criticize anyone's technique, but I'm, I'm happy with the way I was taught. And, you know, Dahl also has a lot of finesse that people don't see you know when you see door players now with djs and when you play with djs it's about just playing hard and strong and, and, and solid but you know when you go and transition into playing for bangra teams you know that's where the finesse comes in and we were taught those beats with finesse mm. right like i mean not being too technical but some of the jummers and you know the mirzas and, and those kind of technical beats require a lot of finesse and so you know that the transition then comes into like okay how can we get the door to sound sweet right yes doors are loud powerful you know people bang them and whatever but you know we were always taught to play with finesse and it doesn't change as a musician like you know finesse needs to be in everything you know whether you're playing door drums door kitabla baja tumbi or, or anything like that right that the finesse needs to be there and for me it was never a case of oh I'm, I'm used to playing such a loud instrument but I want to try something a bit softer it's just I love the sound of the dumbi always wanted to play so I picked it up and, and kind of played it you know what I mean so how many of the in, uh, instruments can you play then uh, yeah I'm, I'm, look I, I'm not a major musician but I, lo I love trying different things but yeah I, you know I like to mess around dol dolki tabla dumbi drums uh, Baja, uh, you know, and I played a lot of different other kind of percussion like box drums, cajons, you know, bakangos, uh, bangos, things like that. But, you know, I'm not a confessed musician. I just, I'm a fan. And so when I pick up something, I just want to kind of learn keyboards or, you know, stuff like that, that I, you know, I mess around with every now and again. So, you know, that that's it. It's just kind of the passion of it. And, you know, by 
by no means would I class myself as a but but knowing all of these instruments do you reckon subconsciously that you were going towards going to the the singing journey nah no maybe but it, singing was never at the forefront you know like you'll you'll interview a lot of singers and all they wanted to do was become a singer it was I haven't interviewed any, that many singers I don't think I have yeah. well going forward right but you, only only opera project I'll give him that <laughs> Be a singer. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. It, it was never a it was never a thing that oh, I want to be a singer. Yeah, now that I look back, yeah, it might have helped me a lot musically, but but surely it must do when you if you're going into studio, and it, it's one of the it's one of the only kind of question that I I, I wrote here. No, not even look, I'll just prove it here, right? Just there, right? <laughs> Which was um, how did you then choose your sound and style? Because surely. By knowing knowing what instruments producing and, and and the the type of sound the type of wood on a tool that you've got that is metallic or amber you know whatever, surely you would know roughly what what you your sound is and 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 that would need that needs to be distinctive like Sohotas have a sound, yeah. other bands have a sound, and I'm I'm going to kind of go out on a limb that I can't believe that you might not have entertained that question. You you entertain it more. I've entertained it more now, but at the time when you're playing to all or being a musician or whatever, you don't think of making a style. I I never personally did. Like you don't you don't set out to make a style. Your style is just made by how you've learned, the people that you listen to, right? Whether that's kind of doll or, or anything or, or singing, but mainly around you know let's talk about musical instruments. How, it's how you how you've learned right technically and it's the people that you listen to you know you where your style comes from where your styles derive from is all your influences and all your inspirations mm. so if you listen to a certain type of person or certain type of people you're naturally going to want to sound like that or want to sound want to take something from them do you see what i mean so you know it was never a thing that i thought of that oh what's my style what's my style now after having played for so many years I'm a bit clear on what my style is because of what a lot of people have told me or, you know, or, or what I enjoy listening to, or, you know what I mean? So I think you you never set out to make a style or define a style. It just kind of, it happens due to different factors. Because, I, 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 you know, like there was many a party where we've been together and, and you're singing and, you know, I've always said to you, like, I've always bugged you saying When's it coming out? When's it coming out, Stephen? Stephen, Stephen, when's it happening? When's it? Why do you do you think that there was a right amount of gap from when you were playing music, d- doing all that stuff, and then to go to singing? Uh, yes and no. Um, yes, because when I first got into singing, it was you know, like I said, it was a complete accident I fell it literally fell into it I fell broke my wrist had a couple of operations I couldn't play doll for a number of years uh, like you know a couple of years and at the time I was with the, you know my team Natchez and Saad and I was like I can't sit at home like I don't know what a weekend is like I'm so used to going out mm-hmm. and I used to mess around and sing and stuff at, at training and stuff but zero training zero like musical understanding like you know uh, I touch upon like, all these different instruments that I, you know I play a little bit but I still lacked a very, I still lacked the understanding of music, what music is, what the theory is behind it, sort and everything and, and key and scale and stuff. 
So I just used to just sing and it was it was just natural. And only when a couple of the Sansada lads picked up on it, you know, and, you know, the, it kind of just happened. Our singer couldn't make a show and I was just literally put into the deep end and, and that's how it kind of started. And then once I got injured, I carried on. And then, and when only when I got to a stage where I was getting a lot of good feedback and, you know, there, there was producers that were chasing me saying, look, you know, we want to do a song and stuff. But I knew I wasn't ready because I knew I didn't have that understanding of, and how long ago was that to 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 this to the point where you actually released? Yeah, so I I've been learning uh, music and singing uh, from my stage, but Pur Singh Sol, Pura Baji, as people know, um, way back in say 2012. So 2012, I went to him. I'd been singing about a year or so prior to that with Nachas and Saad on stage. So it was literally. You know, a lot of my stage experience was, you know, stage experience was gained without actually having that understanding. And, you know, now that I look back and listen to some of that, I think, oh, my God. Like, what, what was your what was your first lesson like? Because obviously, like, you've been singing for a year. You must be thinking, oh, I ain't that. Like, I, I can learn, but I ain't going to be that bad. What was, it, what was it like? It was, put it this way, put it this way. Like, I'd been singing and it, there was a there was a clip that went out. It was Milan, we sang, right? And, and, and like, you know, that clip alone, like, you know, a lot of people forwarded it to me and said oh man you know it sounds really good and then it got to a stage where I was like look if I'm going to pursue this I need to learn I need to learn and so I went to uh, Baji. first of all I was just scared to ring him because if in if you're in the industry you know what he's about like you know he's the godpai of Shindabadi you know like Shin DCS they've learned he learns from you know Ustaji uh, you know Ajit Singh Madhulashiji who's you know one of the cornerstones of kind of Indian classical music here in the UK and, and you know revered kind of around the world right so you're in very high company and like you know these guys are on another planet and right? he can sort your back out as well and he, well, he, yeah, <laughs> but he could he could kick my ass and then sort my back you know I had, I had nothing to like you know fall back on but yeah I was just scared to phone him scared to phone him uh, luckily I think he'd seen a video of me and you know he was like okay he goes come and you know come down with your bhaja and, and and see what you can do and at that stage I really had no idea how to play bhaja either it was you know I, I was a very um when I used to play music it's all about what I used to hear without understanding keys I used to play what I could hear so it's not good because you've still got no understanding and I sat there and he went through you know again masari gamapa and you know I think I was pretty awful and that's when it kind of not bring, yeah, brings you back down to earth a little bit in the sense that, right, wow. So it doesn't matter how you, you know, how you sing on stage and people like it, but this is the basics. This is the stuff that you need to know. Uh, you know, so it was, it was, you know, it was, it was a proper reality check. Not that I thought I was amazing, but it's still, it puts you into kind of, puts it into perspective, like how much you've actually still got to learn. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Oh yeah, it was a bit. It was a lot different. My first lesson wasn't great by any means, and you know we learnt from the the basics basically, and we're still kind of you know just doing that. And that's the key thing, isn't it, in your relationship in terms of like you you never sort of stop. Do you still keep you still are going and 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 having the maintenance, the dedication that's in there? So we go ahead. No, I was going to say, look, the, the maintenance, the dedication is just it's about how much you want something. You know what I mean? That's where it comes from. And then, you know, we're a, we're a proper little family now. Like we're a clique, you know, Baji teaches me. He teaches, you know, Banga, who obviously people know. Uh, he teaches another guy called Sukjita, who's, you know, the guy's seriously talented individual singing, 
writing, producing, you know, and, and people will be hearing from him very soon. But it's a little family that we've got. It's a brotherhood. So you almost, even if you don't want to go, you have to go because you don't want to let anyone down. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's like that team, that team chemistry and it's that kind of, you know, uh, camaraderie, uh, you know, and also, yeah, the, the dedication, hard work. It's all about how much you want it, right? So we, we got, um, we, the, you know, you talked about the WhatsApp kind of thing and, and you know, you were going quite viral, especially in a lot of the circles that we, we, we are together anyway. Yeah. Um, and then you got to the point of where you were going to, you know, you're dropping your first single. So, you know, if somebody was thinking about you at that time, it would be almost kind of a Nazis aside kind of set or something. Heavy door, thumbby, everything like that kind of like pure folk kind of vibe. But then you decided to do more of a different vibe as your, as your debut single, which was Bugget Sing. What, what, what was the thinking around that? Yeah, because when, when I was kind of ready to release, COVID then happened. So, you know, uh, funnily oh, enough. It was, it was bad time. Yeah, go on, carry on. Yeah, bad time. But funnily enough, basically, when I first got to a stage where kind of Buddha Bhaji said, look, right, I think you're ready now. You can go out, let's look at some songs, let's get them recorded, let's, you know, let's let's go now, let's move with this. And, you know, first, like, you know, when I first started, I was like, look, I want to do something like Bhagat Singh because that's another part of kind of who I am. My, you know, my granddad was a communist, Garmadeva on this again. So in our house, we always learnt about these people, we always knew about these people, All right? And, and so I was like, I want to start off with this and just kind of dedicate something to my, my granddad who's obviously, you know, he's no longer with us. Uh, you know, and I remember producers at the time, they're like, no, 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 don't do that. You're just going to get typecasted and, and that's it. Uh, and at the t- you're young and naive and you think Charlie Tiga would, would, would do it another time. And so that when I was ready to kind of release, COVID happened. Um, and then I just held back stuff. I was like, look, I'm, I'm not going to release anything in COVID, um, you know, because you put a lot of time, effort and, and money into things as well. You, you know, you don't want things to just go down the pan. And especially if you're trying to produce, you know, songs which are, you want people to dance to and, and kind of dance floor songs. And if there's no dance floors, then pointless, right? <laughs> uh, so it, it kind of just went, came back to to 360 and, you know, the Bugger Sing project then kind of, it was something I'd, I was working on very, very, it was just on the back burner. I was like, right, okay, let's do this. And, you know, and we did it. But don't forget that the Bugger Sing song, regardless of the content and the material, the key elements of me were still in there. Right. You know, the, the style of the vocal, you know, I tried tried to just be me and, and you know, that, that was folk. There was a lot of doll in there. There was a lot of Olgoje in there. There was a Baja piece. So we'd be still, mm-hmm. you know, we, there was still a very big Desi folk yeah. element in that. I think it's probably more in terms of what you what you just actually said before, in terms of going for the dance floor. But if COVID yeah. and things like what's the what's the point really yet? Yeah, exactly. So it was a case of right, okay, so let's still release something, but let's release something relevant to what was going on. Not the time, obviously, the farmers' protest was happening as well, uh, you know, so it was it was very, you know, that whole revolution kind of element, the, the matter of the song uh, was very relevant uh, at the time. But, yeah, I, in anything I do, there's always, always got to make sure there's me in there and there's got to be that dissiness and that bit of folkness, you know. Uh, and so I was adamant, I was like, I'm going to have to all in this. There's got to be Tolki, there's got to be a Bajja, there's got to be a Lgoji. Like, we just still chucked it in there, but, you know, we, we, we had a slightly different flavour, but, you know, the, the key ingredients of me or what I'm made up of were, were in there. 
And then how surely did you have to turn around and say, like, I, I remember a conversation that I heard once um, with one of the artists on a, on, a, on a radio show saying that they plan their next single kind of every 45 days. Um, and, uh, and, you know, to have that kind of work schedule is, is ridiculous, like, you know, and the finance around it, which is the truth, which is the other side that people don't necessarily see in terms of people put so much effort, you know, music, artists, everyone putting in, putting in these videos are not cheap. You're pulling in a lot of favors from a lot of people, you know, to kind of sustain this. Um, and then, how do you how did you decide, like, okay, right, I need to do another one, or was that one of the projects? So it was fanboy. You were, was that were you working on that at the same time, or did that come shortly after? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was a there's a few projects that are working on at the same time. Fanboy being one of them. Um, you know, we were going to release. I was going to release another song. Basically, the first song was going to be another song, which is which is not yet released. Um, but then we kind of just switched back um, and then kind of went with Fanboy first. But yeah, look, it, it's it's a hustle. Uh, and especially someone, you know, there's, again, there's probably other people like at me, at, like me out there, um, independent artists, basically. People are not signed to a record label. People, you know, you've got no funding behind you. You've got no backing behind you. Uh, and like you said, you know it's it's not this is a very expensive hobby like you know it's it's not cheap like you know we have to fund everything ourselves um so as much as i'd like to release everything something every month or every month and a half you've got to kind of step back and kind of look at the logistics uh and, and things of you know you've also got to analyze the market and, and kind of look at when the best time is to drop something um so but yes you need to have a pipeline uh, and, and that's kind of you know something that you know as a hustle it's tough you you're you're in that video and um it, it done it done very well it was you know it was a it was it was a good it was a it was a good hit um how did you how did you kind of deal with that with the reception of the track yeah it, it was it was it was nice man it was you know i i didn't didn't register for a couple of days like you know especially even with the bugger sing single Thing was not a commercial song at all. Um, you know, for what it was, it still did relatively well, like in terms of you know, and yeah, but there's no expectations of that because no of expectation. the type, because the because the type of song that it, it, yeah. that, it that it is, and isn't it? It was just nice to put your first song out there, it's your first product out in the market, but on the right foot. Yeah, exactly. You it was a first step basically. Fanboy, yeah, fanboy, we had a lot of hopes and, and, and dreams on it because I, I loved the song. Right. And I thought, right, there's, there's, there's something in this, with, you know, and, you know, together with kind of Chaos Productions, who, you know, that the reason I went to them was the end product of Fanboy. They delivered exactly what mm. I wanted and they were amazing, amazing to work with. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't between me and like Ammo from Chaos, we thought it was going to appeal to obviously a certain crowd, the folk heads, the kind of dissy heads. Uh, and, you know, and I, and I was happy enough in that. But. The reception that we got back, you know, especially from people like the Asian Network, um, you know, who had it on their kind of playlists. And then anyone that knows, it's kind of, you know, it's notoriously hard to get on their <laughs> kind of playlist. And so it was, I was taken aback from it. And, you know, it was, it was a really nice feeling and that the song done better than we expected. And, you know, and it's done relatively well without any kind of, you know, paid backing or anything like that. It was all organic. Everything's organic and people still play it people still reach out to me and I, you know, it, you know, it, it done very well for me. And, you know, I'm glad that I've put something out there on the market that people enjoyed. 
do you think like the likes of Asian you know, that you just mentioned there in terms of like they're they're surprised or they're they're thankful that they've got a new fresh artist a new fresh face coming through on the market because at this point in time there isn't that when you look afar there isn't normally you used to hear whispers of oh, this person this person's going to do it. sometimes that channel is going the volume on that channel is going down a little bit yeah I- I'm not gonna, uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I was very surprised, uh, like, you know, for for fanboy being a, a you know, dissy folk song, uh, for it to be given the kind of airplay that, you know, a BBC Asian Network gave it because I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that because, you know, like, you know, they take obviously that they, they take different directions and, and so on and so forth and rightly so that you know whatever they, they they know probably know what they're doing better than me right but um yeah I was very surprised and. Yeah, it, 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 it had quietened down and, and, you know, it was that's why it was a bigger surprise, like I said, mm. not to, to get something played uh, of that nature of song, basically. It, it, was, it was a lovely surprise. Throughout your, your, your um, the, the conversation today, there's always been an element of you learning or teaching or you've been taught. Do you, do you take a little bit uh, of a responsibility in terms of nurturing the next talent, learning through your lessons as well? Yeah, look, you know, um, life is just like life's a journey and you're always learning on the journey and especially musically, you're, you're always going to be learning. So if I can help anyone out there and, and quite often, you know, people do ask me for, you know, little bits and I, I don't confess to be a teacher, I don't confess to know it all, but I can only, you know, tell someone or, or give someone, tell them what little I know, basically. And, you know, uh, people have done that to me. So if I look up to kind of some of my inspirations and idols that have helped me along the way um if I'm in a position to help someone else then why wouldn't I right like you know if if because of me or because of someone or anyone a a, a child or a kid has an interest for music that's you know if I can do anything to help that or kind of get that let that grow then you know that that's 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 like you know you feel good about it so what does what what's kind of in the pipeline for you now what's coming up for you now yeah so basically like the, you know this this projects um happening uh, as we speak um in the next well very soon maybe even yeah i think in the next couple of days oh. um those of you who kind of seen uh, on my socials um I've, we've released a little teaser of a little cover that i'm doing with pind uh, who are a birmingham based music outfit uh, very good lads friends of mine uh, and so that's, there's going to be something a bit special behind that cover as well in terms of it's going to be slightly different um, to what it is. So stay tuned on, on that and that will be coming out in the next, you know, couple of days. Uh, well, so that's co- yeah, so that's coming out. So this is the... the this yeah, depending is on when this is released, it might already... No, no, it's, it'll be on the same day. Okay. But you so, don't even know when it's releasing. So <laughs> I don't even know when it's releasing. This is getting released in two days' time on Wednesday. Half six. Yeah, so it'll, probably be, on. it'll probably be around the same day or maybe, yeah, day before. I might... Let this release and then release it. Don't I could I could put the I could put the links on the description as long as you release it before half six. I'll put on the I'll put on the links for you. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll talk. So (laughs) I literally so you know on the the Sunday this we're in Monday today. Yeah. Uh, Yesterday uh, I put we'll put a teaser out there and and, you know um, that's got to be just a cover that we done Uh, and and it's it's one for the the folk dissy heads and like you know that's why I, I like doing right and so but there's something something different around the kind of way we've gone about doing it uh and it's you know it's it's a tribute to 
one of the greatest uh you know singers of all time my favorite singer of all time the king of folk so you know it's his 10 year anniversary um it was kind of uh, last week uh, and so this is something we've released just you know a uh, testament to his memory and the influence that he's had on me uh, you know and, and a lot of other singers around i think we're virtually every singer really yeah i mean there's yeah, I mean, it goes without saying. I don't need to say anything that. Yeah, yeah. It's, that, just, that it's a standard line, isn't it? It's just like, yeah. Should not. Yeah. And like my, I'll tell you something. My uh, crowning, like the, the the peak of my uh, music career, however, whatever it goes, kind of down the road. But I don't think it would ever be playing on stage with Gulddeep Monik at the age of oh, seven or eight years old. Uh, so and the people that are on my profile that have seen that picture with Monarch, you know, that it happened around then and, and kind of playing on stage with, you know, Star G is, is the pinnacle, I think, of, of anything that I'll ever achieve. That that that's sits at number one. Um so to, instead of sitting now, we're jumping on on, on bandwagon. So uh, as you as you know, we're coming towards that time in the in the in the podcast where I'll give an opportunity for uh, the guest to kind of either jump on a bandwagon or jump off. No one's actually jumped jumped on a bandwagon yet. It says and a lot about t- bandwagon. Okay, thanks. <laughs> you're, you're supposed to be supporting me. No, no, I'm always supporting. <laughs> no, no. Um, in terms of, um, is there anything that you feel that you need? You feel like you get off your chest, or this is an opportunity for you to kind of raise anything? Just, you know what, like. This is, you know, predominantly kind of a UK band, uh, you know, UK podcast and, you know, people around the world are listening to it. But, you know, we're trying to fly the flag for the UK. So, you know, support homegrown artists, um, support live music. Live music's a big part of my my journey. Support live music, support homegrown artists. And, you know, we need a new generation of musicians, you know, feel free to go out there, pick up a musical instrument, um, you know, whether it's the door, and I know there's a million and one door players out there, but I'll always fly the flag for the, for my fellow door players, but any instrument, pick it up, uh, you know, and just, you know, get, get on board with something. And, you know, we want, we want good quality musicians coming through. We want good quality singers coming through. Right. And the main thing is like, we're Punjabi, right? So Punjabi, because you know the, the, our Punjabi our mother tongue is you know it's dying out unfortunately and you know it, it is what it is but to parents to kids anyone that watches right right we sing we, we're in the Punjabi music industry we're in the Pangra industry we sing Punjabi songs so Punjabi right and so without our right and and not nor any of the, the the other singers out there so yeah man stay true to your roots uh, and pick up a musical instrument i mean you know it's it's a, it's a really good point that you that you make from there because even when you're looking at some of the the old shops where we used to buy some of our old equipment you know they're struggling as well like they, you're not yeah. getting people trying to buy some of the um instruments or even know where to get where to learn from nowadays yeah um you know having said that if you really want to find something you will like look the world's such a small place now social media plays such a big part in our lives right if you want to learn something 
right no matter to even a little minor standard or a little stand basic standard all you need to go is on you you just need to go to youtube it's it's got everything there you know there's there's people out there that are doing online lessons zoom lessons or anything like that right um you can buy instruments you know there are still shops that that sell instruments and yeah you're right they're not doing they're not as vibrant as you know how we remember them and how, how they once were but i i just think this they with technology advancements there's so many open kind of avenues to learning stuff i'll tell you one thing that i saw if yeah. in any case it's never been easier to learn something i think yeah no that's just, that's a fair point actually i'll tell you one thing i did see you know how we were talking about like the black door skins i seen it i see what i think that is akaka yogi oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's had like the joker face on skins yeah. and like different i was like <laughs> where the fuck was that when we were younger the india the, the india boys they're on it they're on a different level i've seen jokers i've seen flowers uh i've seen imprints of names and pictures there's clear ones there's black ones there's white ones there's coated skin oh, mate could do anything these days we should do a special doll podcast really oh, mate, sick. i could talk about doll <laughs> all day and all night, it'd be good. Uh, you know, you should get some of the other door players on there as well. Nah, we, we, we will, man. It, a group, like... it should be a group discussion. Yeah, people are going to watch this and like, is this guy, you know, does he still want to be a singer? All he's bothered about is a door. But no, you people are going to understand like it's a big part of my life. And yeah, yeah. Well, I, football, I wouldn't be a singer, basically. No, I think even when we're, where we're having our little back and forth and, uh, you know, jokes and, and stuff like that, I think it's a, a real testament in terms of where people can actually see that you are a, a student of music you've gone through and and you're not this thing that just turns up releases a track and you know there's a massive history um involved in your journey and and it continue yeah. will and uh, uh you know I, I wish you all the best and you know i'll be backing you 100 so um anything we can do always support you and um respect to your to your journey and uh I can't wait for Wednesday now. <laughs> Wednesday, yeah, I better better get my my ass into gear and, and make sure it's released now. <laughs> Stephen, thanks, mate. Take care, Eric. Thank you so much. Cheers. No problem. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.